0: what's up internet how are we all today hope you're doing well out there in the world wild wonderful world that we live in happy to be doing this again let me tell you we've had some fucking problems in life but we don't deal with problems because we're not proper adults we just move past our problems and do other shit like shitty podcasts so i don't know what episode this is anymore 17 i want to say 17 Maybe 16. I'm just going to go with a 17 number, though, because it sounds about right. If I was smart, I'd fucking pre-prepare a bunch of shit and be like, right, this is episode X, and we should remember to say that. But, you know, I just kind of... I get inspired. I'm more of a spur-of-the-moment kind of guy. I just go, ah, we're going to talk about this today. So today, for episode 17, we're going to talk about D&D, because D&D is some good shit. I'm also going to play around with the microphone for a second and... Does that sound a bit better? Does that? Ah, oh, there we there we go. That's the that volume that we wanted in life. Anywho, so yeah, we're going to talk about some D&D, because I know I did a fucking tabletop support thing recently, I think, last month. And we're going to carry on that thing. We're going to do a few on-tabletop games. So this one's going to be more orientated towards the player, because I did a lot for GMs lately, and I'm actually in a lot of forums online doing, like, GM support. So, yeah. And we're back. So today we're going to do, I'm I'm, I'm going to say preliminary, I'm going to name it Baby's first character. That's a bit condescending, so it'll just be like, you know, your first D&D character. Because it's it's your first one, it's the one that you'll probably remember. I remember my first one. Uh, The half-elven ranger with a foul mouth who fell off a cliff and died. Good times. But... We're going to focus more on the actual roleplay side of things, like getting into character, how to make your character, rather than the rolling of dice to make stats, because, you know, there's different ways of doing that. You roll 4, D6, and take the three highest, and do that six times, twice, or... You know, the books will give you different methods anyway, and we're going to talk about the things that the books don't tell you, like how to write a backstory. I think the 5th edition ones actually give you some tips on that anyway, but I'm playing Pathfinder at the minute, and I used to play 2nd edition where it didn't tell you dick. So, I'm going to start off this thing with the first big tip I'll give to you, children, if you're out there like, man, I've run my first character for D&D, but I don't really know what to do, is stop what you're fucking doing, look at what class you're playing. Now, if it's your first ever tabletop game, I mean, a lot of the knowledge is transferable, so a lot of D&D knowledge is transferable to Pathfinder, a lot of, you know, they're the two biggest ones. Uh, pretty much all tabletop stat rolling and stuff is a transferable skill and a lot of mechanics are transferable as well so it's kind of a no one no most of them kind of situation but for your first ever character play a fucking fighter play a fucking rogue play a fucking wizard or play a fucking cleric or druid play a simple base class and of all of them did I say wizard yes a wizard is probably the most complicated because he's got spells and shit that do weird things so, you know, maybe play a wizard but read your spells, make sure you know what they do memorize that shit, be a wizard in real life and memorize those spells because before you start playing with archetypes like fucking arcane knights who know melee skills and they know spells and you've got combat maneuvers and you've got spells that synergize with your combat maneuvers and you get different kinds of movement and so on and so forth you kind of want to have a base understanding of the game itself and it's mechanics so you know where those things are going to be applicable for instance, Pathfinder. I I had a dude, he was playing a fighter, which, but he was playing a subclass of fighter called a brawler, and it operates in a very, very different fashion, so a fighter normally gets like bonus combat manoeuvres and shit, but a brawler doesn't get that, but he gets some monk abilities and some attachments, and it's a whole thing. Was it a brawler? I'm going to say it was a brawler, it's a vague memory. But it very quickly gets a lot more complicated when you start messing with the base mechanics of a class. So, my tip to you is um, learn a base class, build from there. Like, my first character was a ranger. I only got to level 4, I think, so I didn't even really get any spells. Because, again, fell off a cliff. But from ranger, I learnt how the melee combat worked. So then I played a barbarian. And, huh, oh, that barbarian. Second edition barbarian. Got to level 12. Nah. Never killed a thing because I rolled terribly. That's neither here nor there. But that's, that's the name of the game is learning the system. Because I always view any tabletop game as it's a system of rules for me to use to my own jiggy. So I write Homebrew Worlds as a hobby. I've got about four in the pipework right now and I tend to just use the rule sets as a rule set rather than an actual game world. I write my own game world. I write my own campaigns. don't play with modules. Nothing against them. So, learn the rules and you're pretty much set for whatever you want to do. Man, that was a deep breath. Fucking hell, that was a lot of words. Now, the next thing, besides the point I just made of player base class, have some degree of inspiration of what you would like your character to be. And by that I mean, take something out of literature, out of history, out of, you know, TV, movies, whatever. If you're all new players, there's going to be no judgement. If you want to play a chaotic neutral fighter who calls everyone a cunt and eats chickens, you can be Sandor Clegane and there'll be no judgement here because he's a really good example of an archetypal fighter. He's just a big dude with a two-handed sword who likes to kill things. He's a perfect mercenary. <laughs> You know, if you're looking at wizards, you take a bit of inspiration from, say, say Harry Potter, or I wouldn't say Gandalf because he's kind of a wizard, but at the same time he's kind of an unknowable angel deity kind of deal, so that's a whole different story, but if I was going to be inspired by a wizard, I'd say like Dumbledore, or Professor Flitwick if you're playing a gnome, I think that's his name. So, again, no shame. I know people that are like, oh, you took inspiration from Harry Potter, you're a fucking nerd. And I'm like, bitch, we're playing D&D, we're all nerds here. Don't be a dick. Stop nerd-shaming. Stop gatekeeping things people like. Life advice, children. Stop fucking gatekeeping things people like. But one of the most prominent examples I see most people give for, say, chaotic good. chaotic Good's my favourite, second favourite alignment. Robin Hood. He steals from the rich and he breaks laws to give to those in need. In essence, that's what chaotic good is. Should I do a little summarisation of... Alignment and an example? Yeah, fuck it. Lawful good. Traditional knight in shining armour stereotype. Or paladin. They're going to do what's right, save the girl... And just be the loveliest bloke in the entire universe. But only within the bounds of the law. They're never going to do a bad thing to do a better thing. Because they're like, no. Because of law we have order. Neutral good is a motherfucker who is just pure good. They'll do whatever it takes to be good. They might obey the law, they might not. They're just a nice guy. You know, everyone knows that nice guy friend who's just like always there for you no matter what you need. It's quite frankly sickening, but you love him. That's neutral good. Chaotic good, Robin Hood. He'll break the law to do good and not think twice about it. Is he a mercenary of a heart of gold? Yeah, that's chaotic good as well, you know. Maybe you are a mercenary who kills for coin, but you have—you won't kill women or children. Whereas a chaotic neutral mercenary or chaotic evil one might be like, "Well, eh, well, job's a job in it." <laughs> Cheerio. Now, lawful neutral—imagine Judge Dread. You are the law. You are the absolute arbiter of law and order. All should obey the law, or they shall perish. Now, for me, true neutral is the most boring it's very sort of what you'd imagine druidy, and I think in older editions of d and D, a a druid could only be true neutral so, yeah, boring. They're kind of like oh, balance, everything must be in balance or there's someone who just doesn't care and they're just, "Eh, well, you know whatever, do what I want mate they go with the flow, they go with whatever's going to benefit them Or, you know, that's in my experience of players I've played with. You know, there are some people who can wring a bit of nuance out of that and actually get some interesting interactions out of True Neutral. I just ain't never seen it. So, don't know what to tell you, boys. Chaotic Neutral, you're just a mad motherfucker. You just do what you want, when you want, regardless of any kind of logical reason. Are you a bard who wants to fuck his way around the world because memes? Maybe. You're Chaotic Neutral, buddy. Are you a half-orc barbarian who just lives to fight? You might be chaotic neutral, buddy. Chaotic neutral. Now, a lot of people say chaotic neutral and chaotic good are the two sort of noob-friendly ones. and I kind of tend to agree because they've got the most forgivability in alignment. So, when you're playing the game, you play your alignment. Like, If your character is lawful good, you play a good guy so with the chaotic 2 of neutral good you, you get a bit of leeway with that because you get a bit of wow well I'd fucking do what I want in this situation and on the one hand yeah roleplay is great guys and we all love a bit of roleplay in this game but don't be that guy who constantly goes well it's what my character would do so of course I stab the orphan no no there's a time yeah to be smart and then there's a time for alignment because fuck you where do we get up to? Lawful evil. Imagine a corrupt politician. You use the law to your own advantage. Shit, easy. Neutral evil. You're just pure evil. You'll do. You, you're kind of the opposite of um, lawful. Uh, sorry, neutral good. You, whereas he's the nicest guy in the world. who's doing for anyone. You'll do very little for very little people because you're just a bastard. Now again, any alignment can have a bit of nuance and a bit of value to it. I don't think chaotic evil does personally... But we'll get into that in a minute... But neutral evil... There's a common misconception... In in tabletop game players... Where if you're evil you have to be a bastard... All of the time to everyone... That's a misconception... Evil people still have things they give a shit about... I mean damn Hitler loved his dogs... Was he an evil man? Absolutely... But he did love dogs... Just remember that... So neutral evil is the idea that... Oh I'm pure evil I'll take whatever I want from anyone... And fuck the consequences as long as they benefit me, you know. To a degree, that is the alignment. But at the same time, you still you might give a shit about your party, your adventuring party, or your team. I mean, they might be your best friends. It doesn't mean you're going to stab them in the just because it might benefit you later. Because there are things you give a shit about. Same as chaotic evil. Chaotic evil to me, like everyone describes it as, I just a psychopath who wants to watch the world burn. I mean, yeah, probably, but it's hard to quantify when that goes too far in a game, because again even the most evil person probably has something they care enough about to protect it, or you're just a maniac, which isn't fun to be around in a dD party, been there, done that I think the idea of alignment is a bit outdated now I think they need to expand on it or kill it, one of the two, fifth has mainly killed it, because you, know, you can be a paladin, that's chaotic evil, which makes no sense to me we had black for that back in the day anyway so there you go new people you, you now I've explained alignments to you so some good examples of uh, an archetypal character for a class again if you're playing a barbarian I'd say maybe watch a bit of and the Barbarian maybe watch Tormund in Game of Thrones is a very good example of a barbarian they're everywhere man like any sort of savage tribal warrior you imagine to be barbarian fighters you've got endless fucking endless inspiration you've got knights you've got like vikings you've got like roman legionnaires. you've got fighters is a good one because it's not magical you can take examples from history and base how you'd like your character to be off of that so maybe you're a very sort of deuce vault kind of motherfucker but you're not a paladin you're just a really holy man I don't know rogues rogues are great rogues are brilliant there's so many examples for a rogue you got robin Hood. you got the gray fox you got basically any thief in the history of history or fiction it's magical it's amazing rangers if you're an archer pick legolas for instance you know katniss everdeen from the hunger games (laughs) like she's kind of a ranger she's a hunter tracker with bow and arrow you see what i mean everyone like if you look hard enough for an example you'll find one and you know, it might not be strictly original, but there's still fun to be had in just finding a bit of inspiration in the character and going, that's what I'm going to be. What if you were playing like a Goliath and you wanted to be Gregor Clegane, the mountain from Game of Thrones? Like, okay, put all your fucking stat points in strength and con and put two in intellect. Like, you'll be the mountain. So, see what I mean? what's another bit of advice to give to new people other than read your fucking spells I cannot stress that enough, read your spells if you're struggling to pick early spells because you're new to the game take magic missile and shield they're winners, every time they're two of the most important spells in the game magic missile will automatically hit anything and do damage to anything so I've got your back right, I should probably move this along to a topic of substance really so once you've found your inspiration guys and you're like, yep, this is the kind of guy I want to play. I'm going to tell you what you should do. Write a fucking backstory. Now, I know that can seem a bit daunting if you're not a very good writer. I'm not. Like, I'll be honest. <clears throat> Excuse me. I can write, like, a short story or something like that. I can't write a fucking book. I mean, I know a few people that are writing books, and quite frankly, I don't get how you can sit there for that long. But a short story isn't long. And also, a backstory only needs to be about a page, if that so don't worry about it or just communicate verbally up to your DM's wishes DM's out there yeah yeah you you it's okay to ask for a backstory stop fucking demanding it stop telling people they're not welcoming your game without one get out it's not your game fuck yourself anyway so the key pillars to writing a backstory to get back on topic children the way I work it myself is I think of class so say so I'm going to play what am I playing next my next character is going to be a alchemist I think or a gunslinger I think it was an alchemist I plan characters ahead of time now do you know what we're going to fucking do one that I've already played so I had this fighter called Yarl, and he was an uh, Isomar so the first thing I decided with him was what am I going to play I'm going to play a fighter because it's been a while since I played a fighter and you know I like fighters they're cool well, he's a fighter, he's an isomar. Where's he from? So, you think where you're going to be from? If you're not familiar with the game world, just say like the village of and pretend to name a village because you know you don't need exact maps or anything, or just Google locations for the world that it's set in. Like, if you're playing in um, like Sword Coast in Forgotten Realms, just Google Baldur's Gate or something and see you from there. So there, yeah, right there, you've got your race, you've got your class, you've got where you're from, so the next part of that would be a little bit about your background, what drew you into what you would do, your profession, if you will, so... Y'all had a bit of a convoluted one. <laughs> I'm not... He was like a paladin who got his divinity stripped from him along with his memories and his identity, so he basically woke up as a baby and then joined a mercenary group that were all bastards, and it was a whole fucking thing, so I'm going to go over a more normal example. So... Actually, Bannerlord is a really good example. Like, have you ever played Mountain Blade Bannerlord? It's a really fun early access game. The way they handle your background where it's... It does... What were your parents? And you said, oh, they were merchants. You get points in merchant for some reason. What did you do in your early childhood? Oh, I, hang, I hung out with my friends and I was known to be the leader of the group. Okay, cool. What did you do in your teenagehood? Oh, I, got a, I was an apprenticeship under a craftsman. What did you do in your adulthood? I... I oh, know, is it? It's what did you do in your adulthood? And a lot of them are like military options, like served in the militia. And then it's I'm trying to remember. It's been a while since I made a character on Lord. I need to play that again. And yeah, you see what I mean, though. It's examples of like what did you do with your life before you became an adventurer. So if I was a fighter, I might say oh, I was a blacksmith for a few years. No, you don't need to give him a, a backstory, your full life story, because that just takes too fucking long to read. So, cliff notes, guys, cliff notes. So, let's just make a character now. Uh, rolled, boom, character made. He's cool. We'll call him Bob. So, Bob is from Waterdeep, where he was an apprentice smith. Um, but he was also a pretty... He was a strong, sturdy guy, and from watching people train with the weapons he made, he picked up a few tips and tricks for fighting because he's level 1. Over time, uh, he got pretty good at it. He joined the militia, but then the man he was apprenticed under was murdered by the Thieves Guild, and now he's an adventurer because he's out on his own with no money and (laughs) trying to avenge his master or something. Some other such nonsense. But you see what I mean, how he can very quickly make a slightly feasible backstory. Um, So, (laughs) character race, class place you're from, background, what you did before majiggies and stuffs what was your trigger, there's one, your trigger event what caused you to go, I'm going to be a fucking adventurer, to hell with yours so it doesn't always have to be tragic, I know like the greatest heroes are born in the hottest fires of pain and suffering, but you can have a fun one guys Please, I need more comedy backstories. It's not just the bards. Everyone can be fun. Not just bards. So, then you want to think about the trigger of why you became an adventurer, what caused you to leave your hometown, or whatever happened. So, the trigger could be, like I said, your master was murdered, you were exiled from a clan, you left the Arcane University, you were, were kicked out of the Thieves Guild... It could be any number of things. It's really up to you. Again, if you need some inspiration, look no further than your local bookshop. Shop local, kids. Support small businesses. Agendas. So, trigger event. And then, if, you, if you're starting at, like, level three, I'd say add, like, a little... Oh, my first job was to clear a mine of kobolds, which I did with a group of people who I happen to know because they're adventurers too because I've, I've played enough games at the same group that I kind of just say to them you all fucking know each other you know, not every game's going to start that way or start a different way or whatever but at this point, it's for me and my group we've done it enough times of making new characters where we're kind of over the whole you all bump into each other in a tavern thing so, yeah but, backstory, where was I up to with backstory guys, I got fucking distracted again trigger point we just talked about that and the trigger point okay i've just remembered i've looked at my notes Uh, i cheated and went off and got a drink of water and pondered for a minute like what the fuck did i write down about that earlier i lost my notepad i was using google docs but i'm too lazy to keep flicking between the um audacity page and my google doc so i use a notepad i lose it all the time so the next bit would be what's your driving ambition what's your goal why are you an adventurer not your trigger point your trigger point is what Always due to be an adventurer this is why you're still an adventurer why haven't you settled down for a job that a normal person would get instead of going out fighting ghouls and goblins so at the moment my current character who is a fucking druid one of my current characters is a druid and his driving goal is he's got a god called the queen of thorns or the lady of thorns or some other such nonsense and he's formed a small cult and his driving goal is to build this cult and You know, do his own thing and destroy all of civilization and have us all live like animals in the wild again. Weird ambition, I know, but whatever. He'll probably learn his lesson along the journey. I don't know yet. Tip decide what you want for your character and then forget it because try and be organic. Like, if you're new to role playing, like, yeah, it's fine to be awkward, guys. Like, you don't have to have it all planned out ahead of you. People will respect it if they're all new, and if they don't, they're cunts. Oh, I swear a lot, I should really stop doing that so often, but I oh will. But that's not going to change any soon, because I'm a foul-mouthed person. And you know what, I think it brings a, a certain level of... um, Genuinity, which I'm pretty sure isn't a word. But I'm a genuine person, this is how I am in real life. I don't play a fucking character for a microphone. I'm me, no matter what the situation. But, yes, driving goal. Maybe your evil wizard wants to become a lich. Maybe he wants to become the new head of arcane orders. Maybe your fighter wants to become, I don't know champion of championism did my phone just ping? yes it did I will I'm I'm not dealing with that right now so quite with a forward motivation but don't glue yourself to it because the minute you sit yourself down and go right this is all he wants to do you lose a lot of organic interactions there guys like you know you I'll start a lot there you play the character like a person that's the whole point of the role playing aspect of the game you're trying to play an organic character not one that's scripted so motivations change, people change like some DMs use alignment, shifting as a punishment, I use it as an opportunity to, you know, you're growing as a character, it's neither good nor bad it just is, you're grow, your character is growing as a person and whether that be for the better or for the worse in a morality sense, that's neither here nor there really, it is what it is what's the next part I was going to talk about You, you, you assistant, help me out here um throw words into my mouth. Oh yeah. Give your character a few flaws. Don't be a perfect example to everyone around you. I mean I'm not saying make them arseholes to everyone in the universe, but I played a police sniper once in an LA um confidential style game my mate had written, where it was like LA Noir style. And um I was playing a police sniper who was a raging alcoholic. So that was like a big part of his character was like I think I actually had a, a set debuff that if he didn't drink every day, he'd start taking minuses to his decks, because he was like, Oh I've got shakes. And that's just one example of a flaw. Maybe a character is just a dumb person, like reacts badly, maybe they're short tempered and are very rash. You know, make it like people aren't perfect, make them come across that way. But obviously also most people try and put their best foot forwards regardless of their imperfections, so keep that in mind. So, next section. Role play. So, role play. Look, I'm going to start with a big one. If you are uncomfortable role playing, don't feel compelled because of everyone else to be like them. Look, all of us have picked the game up for the first time at one point. All of us here listening to it. So assuming you've picked the game up if you're listening to this, it's okay to be like, oh, I'm not really comfortable with the whole... Acting out a character thing—it's okay, man. Like, there's no pressure. If they're putting pressure on you, they're the worst people ever. Like, I—I I, when I first played, I had a guy who'd been playing it for 12 years, a guy for five, and the rest of me playing it for like five years. I was the only newbie, and I felt so fucking uncomfortable, like actually role-playing a character. But you eventually just sort of ease yourself into it. Now, after the first couple of sessions, I just jumped in both feet first, and my friend Ivan, who I play with, he in the first session jumped in feet first you don't have to be like that now I see this all the time in like DM and GM forums like how do I get my players to be better at roleplay and I say motherfucker you can't make them do anything if they are not comfortable yet you leave them alone because they will get there in their own sweet time it's a it's a personal social aspect It's not you, it's not your deal, it's their deal. It's their personal thing to move past in their own time. Don't try and force it, because it makes people uncomfortable. So, the way I got into roleplaying was I just started doing silly voices. You'd be surprised at the effect of a silly voice has on the personality you're putting forwards. Now, you don't always have to do a silly voice. I've done dozens at this point over the years of playing and DMing, so it's a bit, for any veteran player it's a bit old hat, anyone that role plays, a, but as a new player I couldn't do it because I was like, oh what if everyone laughs at me but no one laughs because they're all doing the same thing so it's all chill that's the thing, it's getting over the initial awkwardness you may feel, because you have to remember even if you yourself are like, oh I'm not really comfortable with role playing and stuff man, you're sat at a table where everyone's doing the same thing like, if there's judgement they're just, I say this a lot, I've said this a lot today if there's judgement they're just not great like no one should judge you for the quality of your roleplay it's a fucking game. get over it but you're at a table or on a discord or on a server with a bunch of people doing the exact same thing so it's, you've got nothing to feel awkward about my dude and if you are you know what you, you can email in and I'll give you some personal fucking coaching if you really want some personal tips like just just do it um yeah like that's fine I've got time now another thing to remember, especially if you're playing online, you can't read facial expressions or body language, you might have to use more descriptives, so you'd have to say I glare at him angrily, I flip a coin to decide what I'm going to do, like you know, give a bit of bit of this and a bit of that like I, even on online, I sit there and I do all the hand gestures and stuff and then have to describe what I'm doing, which for me works, it won't work for everyone but for me it works because I don't have the opportunity to play around a real table right now. and You lose a lot out of facial expressions and body language, unfortunately. Sorry, I just have to take a real deep breath... Because that was a lot of fucking words. So yeah, that's kind of my little little insight into how to jump into role-playing. The biggest one, again... You're playing with people doing the same thing. Don't feel awkward, guys. You know, you're all... We're all nerds together, okay? We're all in this together. Like I say... I'll drop the email in the description, I'll say it at the end. So, just email in if you want some advice for your personal situation. That's fine. Another one is to... I read this one straight off the internet. And this one is, you can practice by asking yourself, how does my character feel about this, and what do they do as a result? I mean, you can do that. I mean, how would your character feel about this? It's not really a tip, because I can't answer that one for you, but... Do it if it makes you feel better. Right. So this one's more about courtesies. Because new players won't always know table etiquette. And neither will new DMs know table etiquette. So I'll use the examples of table etiquette at my group. Don't be the arsehole who steals the spotlight off other people. There is no central character in this tale. You are not the protagonist... Jeff on your left is not the protagonist and the DM damn well isn't the protagonist it's not their story, it's a group story so keep that in mind if someone else gets a spotlight you sit down, you shut up unless you can enhance their said spotlight now as much as I harp on about do what your character would do don't ever and this is a big no-no in most tables don't do the whole it's what my character would do as a way to be an arsehole. Don't steal from the party. Don't murder the party. I've actually got very very clear PvP rules in my game. They're allowed. If it's thematic. It can't come from nowhere. And generally it can't be lethal. No weapons can be drawn. Unless it's like. For the last 20 sessions you've been. Neck and neck at each other. And it's just finally come to a head. And I right, you and me right now. Duel. That's kind of acceptable, but even then I demand screen sharing and seeing all of the roles personally as well. Might show a lack of trust, but when you're playing online, guys, like, it's hard. Another one is don't worry about not being great at it. It's just a fun game. You're not... Well, I'm assuming you're not professionally streaming it. Let's face it, you're not Matt Mercer. You're not Viva La Dirt League you're not the escapist, you ain't got professional voice actors at your back, so don't expect professional voice acting, don't expect professional acting, period, it's okay to not be perfect at it, because it's a game, it's a fucking game, I see a lot of people get so fucking worked up about it, I'm like, guys, just relax, like, what has Critical Role done to you people? Now, I love Critical Role as much as the next guy, I may shit on it constantly, but I legit love that show but it's spawned, unfortunately, a complex within the community. So, many more tips I've got for you today. The biggest one, again, is no matter what you do, have fun. You know, like, if you're not having fun playing D&D and role-playing, maybe think of why you're not having fun with it and come up with solutions rather than, you know, not. Like, jump on the internet, jump on Facebook, jump on forums, and uh, this is my problem, someone tell me what to do, and we'll tell you what to do, because we're helpful people. As toxic as some parts of the community are, some of you might think I sound toxic, I know I sometimes do, but I try to be legitimately helpful to people in the best way that I know how, and a lot of people are very much the same, who have had the same insecurities and problems you've had with the game. So, yeah. Um, Have a good one, everyone. Love you all dearly. So, if you do want to email in, it's at letstalkfantasy93 at com, All one word, obviously, because it's a Gmail account. Um, and have a good one. Wish you all the best. Don't do anything I would do, because you'll probably go to prison. Ta-ta.